You're an amazing God. Lord, thank you for your sweet presence today, oh God. Lord, you are the source of everything, Lord. Lord, it's not an accident, Lord, why we are here. But you have a purpose, God, why we are here. Maybe, Lord, some of us right now needs healing, oh God. Needs restoration, needs relationship with you. And right now, Lord, you are here with us. You are ready, Lord, to embrace us with your love. You are here, Lord, to restore us once again, oh God. You are here, oh God, to heal us, oh Lord. And Lord, thank you so much, God, for today, Lord. Lord, as we set our hearts right before you, oh God. Lord, I pray, Father, that you will fill us with your presence, oh God. Lord, as we empty ourselves, Lord, Lord, we are humbly, Lord, to receive your word today, oh God. I pray, Father, that as we receive your word, Father, there will be transformation in our lives, oh God. That, Lord, we will not go home empty, but filled with your presence, oh God. Lord, puno me, Lord, sa imuhang gugma, oh God. And Lord, thank you so much, God, for today. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to have fellowship and worshiping with you, Lord. You are the main person in this place today, oh God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you deserve all the praises and worship, oh God. You deserve it, my Lord, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Can we give a clap? No? Can we give a clap kay Lord? And let's thank the worship team for bringing us no, in the presence of the Lord. Amen. So, um, before I start to introduce our guest speaker for today, um, I will have some announcement to share. So, our first announcement, are you ready to... Okay, uh, let's settle the kids to go downstairs. Ayan. So, katong mga nabilindiri, are you ready to hear our announcement? Amen. Okay. So, first on the list of our announcement is our life group. Uy, mingaw lagi. <laughs> Kana, life group. Kinsa man diri ang nakajoy na sa to ang life group every other Saturday. Kikaway, kikaway. Clap, clap, tadira. Okay. Betaw. Yan. So, actually guys, we have our life group every other Saturday. So, we started already with the teens and with the moms. So, praise the Lord. No, kay they remain faithful sa pagpadayon, sa pag-attend sa atong life group. Praise the Lord. And then, Next is our um, prayer time. So we call it Prayer Warriors. So every Thursday, we have a prayer meeting um, through online. And um, once a month, we have a prayer meeting face-to-face -face here in the church. So with that um, announcement, we have this card outside. So we have this card. We call it We Pray active and connect. So we pray, we can put here all our prayer requests. So, yes, there is power when we pray individually, but there is also power when someone is interceding and praying for you. Amen? 
So if you have concerns or prayer requests, you can put it here. And then we have this active card. So active card composed of different ministries. If ever God has called you or you want to serve this church, so you can just check. No, kung asa mo ganahan mag-serve. So if ever you are a great singer, you can you can check if you want to uh, join with worship team. If you are um, talented with regards to graphics and design, you can um, check it and join with the media team and so on and so forth. So next is connect. So to those first timers, uh, we want you to um, fill this up. Write your name. Mobile number or messenger and birthday so that we can connect to you guys. Amen. So, our last announcement is our tithes and offering. So, we have two um, modes of giving. So, we have an envelope out, outside. So, you can put your tithes and offering. And butang lang sa my box, near lang sa door. Or if you ever, you prefer cashless, no, kay cashless naman mga tao karon through Gcash or bank transfer, no, you can save our bank account so all your tithes and offering will directly koan, uh, save and sa, sa bank. So anyways, so right now, when every, balik the celebration because this is a celebration, right? So in every celebration, there's always a main course. Amen. So, what's the main course for today? It is the word of the Lord. Amen. So, kinsa may excited na may receive ang word ni Lord today? So, give it. Um, we kanang follow me. We will have a prophetic art act. So, kanang mga tao na ready to receive. Let's do this. Just open our heart very widely. So, sige. Sabay tatanan ha kay. Gusto mang kata makareceive sa word ni Lord? Amen. Okay. Are we ready? Ready. Okay. One, two, three, go. Ayan. So, Sharo, wagi masudlan karon. So, before um, uh, I introduce our guest speaker, so I will share a trivia. So, just write down. Can I take quiz later? <laughs> this, um, we have a guest speaker for today. So he is a pastor. He has one wife and a father of one son. He first arrived here in the Philippines in 1985 as a young missionary and studied in the seminary in Manila in late 80s. He and together with his wife came to Cebu and start serving through church planting and urban poor ministries for over 22 years. He is also serving with OMF. Kung kisay ka familiar sa OMF, di ba, daghan silag mga books. So, OMF International. And now, um, he is on his halfway on his doctorate in intercultural studies. So, please help me welcome Pastor Chuck. Thank you. Good morning. So good to be able to be back in the Philippines. I think the last time I was in this city was two and a half years ago. December 2019, we were here for Christmas. Now I forgot that because there was a typhoon. Who is not familiar with typhoon here? All right. 
If you are Filipino, you know what typhoon is, 20 over typhoons a year. So that was our last trip here, and we have been longing to be back in the country, and it was so wonderful to be back. And this is our Philippine Independence Day, Diba. Yeah. Happy birthday, Philippines. <laughs> Mabuhay. <laughs> All right, and I'm really enjoying myself. I was telling Pastor Lloyd, you know, I'm so glad to be here. If not for other reasons, at least I can be rejoicing that I'm treated as a senior citizen. I am a senior citizen. And it's so wonderful. Any senior citizen here? 60 and above? Oh, Ikao. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was at a bank yesterday and it was a long, long queue. And then the guard walked up to me and said, Sir, how old are you? I said, you know, I say I'm 63. Then I corrected myself, not yet 63, but on the way there. And he just brought me to the front. I skipped the jam, you know, the queue, and, and ushered me right into, you know, the bank to do my transaction. So that was wonderful. And then last night, I had my Jollibee. You know, you cannot come to Philippines and not take Jollibee. So I had my Chicken Joy. And guess what? Senior citizen discount. I will retire here. But it's such a joy. And this morning, as our sister announced, if you are here, it is not coincidence. God has a word for you. Nothing happens to our life by chance. 1985, I passed by Philippines for two weeks, one week in Ilulu City, one week in Manila. I thought that that was my first and last trip. God has his way. He turned my life around. All right, I was just a young missionary just fresh from Bible college and God turned my life around and what? I spent half my life in the Philippines. My son says that I'm a Filipurian or Singapino. And I want to say to you that God is in the business of blessing us. I watched a movie on the way here. How many of you have watched the movie King Richard? You haven't? He won, he won the Best Actor Award and he smacked the MC for insulting his wife, Will Smith. All right? And Will Smith acted tremendously as King Richard, the father who raised the Williams sister, right? The first American, African American to, you know, wow, you lost count of the awards or, or the titles they have won. But guess what? The father had a 78-page plan, even before they were born, to raise champion tennis stars. And I want to say to you this morning, God has a plan for you. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, God has a plan for you? You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. Sometimes we look into the mirror, we look like a mistake. But God has a plan for your life. And His plan is that of disciple-making. The last word Jesus left the disciples to go to heaven was this, go and make disciples, not go and make more, you know, money. Nothing wrong with that. Go and make disciples of all nations. And you see, the church of Jesus Christ started with around 120, 120 disciples. Quickly, on the first day, it opened the door, 3,000 people became believers. 
And then it grew very fast to 5,000 men. And then on and on, the Bible lost count. In Acts, it just says the word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. I want to say to you, dear friends, if every one of us will make a disciple one year and the two will in turn do it the same the following year. And over 30 years, one disciple will multiply into one billion disciples. Obviously, we haven't done a very good job. It has been 2,000 over years, right? And we are still working hard at evangelizing the world. Now, what's wrong here? We need to understand God's plan of disciple-making. And if you are new here this morning, I want you to know that you are part of that plan. You are not here just to fill space. You are not here just to do your career and raise a family. And then after your 60 plus 10 years or whatever, then you say, that's it. Taposna, finish. No, you have a part to play in God's plan. Father, I pray that this morning as we have prayed a while ago, our hearts be open. Let your voice alone be heard through your Holy Spirit, through your word of God that I bring to your people. Only your word can bring life and encouragement. Bless each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to read you a passage of scripture that Paul, probably his last epistle, St. Paul, you know he was beheaded. Before he was beheaded, he penned this word for Timothy. He wrote in 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. Let me read it quickly for you. I think it should be on the screen, right? I'm not seeing. I don't have eyes behind. Sorry. Paul says to Timothy, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. And your hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affair. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. The plan of disciple-making began with the understanding that it is a process. King Richard, before the children were even born, had a 78-page plan. But it was a process. All right? By the time they hit their 40s and won multiple titles across the globe, all right, it did not just start there. It was a long process. And the things you heard, Paul says, in the presence of many weaknesses, and trust to reliable men, and by inference, women as well, who will also be qualified to teach others. Paul wanted his spiritual son, Timothy, to pass on what he had received from Paul to reliable or faithful men, who will in turn pass it on to others. You know what Paul is talking about? Paul is saying that, hey, I have taught you. I have modeled for you. 
I have shown you what it is like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now you, Timothy, pass it on to reliable people, men and women, who will in turn teach others for generations. And that's how it goes, one passing on to the other. And you see, Paul had known Timothy when he was just a young man, probably a teenager, on his first missionary journey. Second missionary journey, we know that Timothy was with him. Third missionary journey, before Paul went to Jerusalem to be arrested, he was with him. And we know that Timothy was traveling companion with Paul. At the same time, he was being mentored and he was also doing the ministry, what we would today call internship, apprenticeship, on-the-job training. You see, Paul wanted Timothy to be able to learn from him. Now, this has a precedent in the Old Testament. Remember, Moses, Moses had Joshua. Elijah, the prophet, had Elisha. David had, someone said Goliath. No, or Bathsheba, Dili. All right. Now, reliable men, who are they? The word reliable also means faithful. They are men and women of character more than anything else. They may not have high education, nothing wrong. They may not be people of great talent, nothing wrong. But first and foremost, spiritual qualifications, men of character. Now, when Moses was selecting you know, leaders to represent and help him, the father-in-law told him, select capable men from all the people. And he qualifies what he meant by capable men. Men who fear God, godly spiritual people. Men who are trustworthy, can be trusted. Their word is their honor. They do not have to swear or promise. Trustworthy men and who hate dishonest gain, they cannot be bribed. Pastor Lloyd told me on the way here that Sheena loves to go to McDonald. And he told me the reason. Because she wants the toys. So I say that she can be bought. I only need to give her toys and I can take her back to Singapore. <laughs> Cannot be bright. Hate dishonors gain. Now, in Matthew, Jesus, before he ascended, as he say, we said a while ago, go and make disciples of all nations and teaching them to obey everything. Everything is everything. You don't be selective what I want to obey or what I want to disobey. Everything. God says it, that settles it. Never mind what your peers, never mind what your culture, never mind what your traditions say. God says it in His Word, we obeyed. Not in our own strength, of course, but in the strength of the Lord. Now, when they were selecting administrative staff to help out the apostles, these were not spiritual ministry as we say, preaching, teaching, or whatever. These were people who were helping to serve table, menial tasks. All right. 
So I want you to understand those of you who are involved, so to speak, in the non-spiritual, and I don't like it. There's no such thing as non-spiritual. If you are a doctor, your work is spiritual. If you are a teacher, engineer, lawyer, whatever, your job is spiritual. Because God has designed you for that task. And when they were looking for people, they say, Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. Wisdom is not going to the university. How many of you know that we have some very bright people? I was telling someone a while ago, I have started living in the Philippines since 1985. The final year, I'm not going to go into politics. I don't want to get killed. All right? The final year of the old Marcos. And now, after 37 years, it's full circle. All right? Junior Marcos, who is slightly older than me. Now, I have seen the best. I don't know who is your best, but I've also seen the worst. All right? So, what are we talking about? It is not about going to a university or without. It is having the wisdom that comes from God. So they ask for people who are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. The process. You want to see multiplication taking place in your Simbahan? Am I talking to anyone? <laughs> you want to see this church explode and multiply? There's no secret. The secret has already been given to us by Jesus. One to another, to another, to another. All right? I told the story. If I have a one peso coin, I don't know whether I have, no, this five peso. If I give you a one peso coin, they can multiply itself, all right, over 30 days. Would you like to have it or would you prefer that I give you one million pesos right up front? How many of you want one, a mil one million pesos right now? Nobody. One million pesos. Seriously. Would you want a one million pesos? Well, I want. Or would you want the one pesos that multiply itself over 30 days? Repeatedly? If the one peso multiplies itself and both multiplies again over 30 days, it will become one billion pesos. The power of exponential multiplication. So there is no secret. The secret is passing it on. I was talking to our sister here and it brought me back to the time, I think um, Pastor Lloyd was still not in church yet or beginning to come. Doctora Grace was our youth resident. And I look back and I say, wow, some 20 over years ago, when I went, returned to Singapore, I thought everything was wasted. But you see, you know what, the little that we did with our failures and flaws and faults, they begin to pass it on, pass it on, pass it on. Let the process continue. Amen? Amen. Pain of disciple making. We don't like this part. But even the business people tell us, no pain, no Ah, you know it. So, disciple-making involves pain. Paul told Timothy, endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier 
gets involved in civilian affairs, he wants to please his commanding officer. A disciple is a soldier. How many of you have been a soldier before? Akulang. Not by choice, but by force. All right. In our country, I either go to the barrack or go to the jail. So I was smart. I said, I don't want to go to the jail. I went to the barrack for two and a half years. Paul wanted Timothy to endure hardship, share in his sufferings for the sake of the gospel. And Paul wasn't writing from some university classroom. Paul was in prison waiting to be beheaded. This was his last epistle. And he wrote to Timothy, do not be ashamed. Endure hardship like a good soldier. A soldier exemplifies devotion, loyalty. A soldier endures hardship. You see, if we cannot endure hardship, we cannot encourage and equip our disciples or prepare others to do the same. Word is cheap or talk is cheap. But as they watch you go through suffering, right? They see that, hey, you did not give up your faith held strong to God. Like what we sang a while ago, the faithfulness of God. How many of you know that man can fail, but God is faithful? And Paul told Timothy, endure hardship. One of the heart-wrenching things that is going on right now, you read about it, Ukraine war, right? Or Russian invasion. And I think one of the most painful images as a father was to see some of the fathers hugging their little daughters, some of them being carried by their mom. And in all likelihood, they will never get to see the dead ever again. This will be a very lonely Father's Day. But you know why they do what they do? We respect the Ukrainian. We're not getting into the politics of it. But they are willing to lay down everything to fight for the country and their families. Devotion. And that is what Paul is talking about. A soldier is free from life's entanglement. Paul says that he is not entangled with civilian affairs. When I was a soldier, I had to surrender. In our country, we have ID. Every citizen has an ID. I had to surrender my citizen, uh, my, my, my civilian ID and receive a military ID for two and a half years. In fact, at one time, we could not even use our passport, but they have loosened that now. We do not get entangled with civilian affairs. And what is Paul talking about? That as a Christian, we are a soldier. Our devotion is to our commanding officer. Who is your commanding officer? Pastor Lloyd? <laughs> Sean Lloyd? Our commanding officer is Jesus the Christ. Are you listening to me? Not to some head of the church, not to some head of organization, but to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Pleasing our commander is our foremost priority. He is the one who enlists you. He is the one who equips you. He is the one who provides for you. And he's the one that prepares you for warfare. If you haven't realized that life is a warfare, maybe you haven't been living. I arrived here, and I was shocked 
my eyeball, my eyeballs almost drop. Gasoline is 90 pesos per liter. I used to drive around at 30 over pesos. Right? So if you don't think that this is a warfare, and I'm not just talking about economy, I mean your daily grind. For those of you out there doing your work as a teacher, as a homemaker, or selling something, you know that life is a warfare. And we seek not to please anyone but Jesus. The Apostle Paul wrote, we make it our goal to please Him, God or Christ, whether we are at home in this body or away from it. And in Galatians, he said, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, or am I trying to please people? Listen, he said, if I was still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Galatians 1.10. This verse was very personal to me when I turned 60, almost three years ago. The Lord spoke to my heart and said that no longer must you be pleasing bosses, whether at work or even in church. My only priority is to please Jesus Christ. You know, I love it in the Philippines. Our people here has the natural gift of hospitality, right? I'm sad to say that that's not true in my country. People are very stressed, all right, and become very impolite or rude. You've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Beautiful city, all right, but very, you know, I won't go into that. But over here, our people smile. We love to please people, right? See, everywhere I went, you know, people are very helpful, very polite, very generous, very hospitable. But I wanted to caution you. It's a good cultural strength. But don't let that become your weakness. We do not please people. We please Jesus Christ. Even if it is offending a colleague, offending a boss, offending a neighbour, offending a relative, we please Jesus Christ alone. It was tough. When I decided to go into the ministry, I didn't want to. I wanted to be a civil engineer. Somebody was a civil engineer just now, right? Okay. I studied civil engineering, but don't trust me, I never built anything. Because God called me into the ministry. And my parents were against it. My Ninong, who was very rich, was a bank guarantor, who is still alive, 96 years old, and always reminds me. But who do I please? I please my God. And He has not failed me. So, a soldier is devoted. Passion of disciple-making. A disciple is an athlete. And again, back to the story of King George. You know, he was being, you know, insulted. He was even being threatened. The neighbor who saw how he trained the daughter, the teenage daughter, if you watch the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Even in the driving range, he wanted, she, he wanted to train them certain things. I'm not a tennis player, so I don't understand. All right? And the neighbor reported them to the police and they came investigating. But what was he doing? Passion. All right? He was instilling discipline and athlete. Paul says anyone competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes 
according to the rules. Now, we don't like rules. This, I can tell you, when I was a student in Manila, I was fascinated. We have jaywalking sign. And our Pinoy friends will just walk in front of the jaywalking sign. No problem. No policemen. <laughs> All right? We don't like rules. But how many of you know that rules are not there to destroy you, but to protect you? God gives us rules. Actually, it's the way of life. Jesus said there's a way of death and there's a way of life. God's rules are not meant to restrict you, to make life miserable for you. God's rules are there for your good. Amen? You do it God's way. You will enjoy life like you never imagined. You see, the devil has turned things upside down. Black is white. White is black. Light is darkness. Darkness is light. Because the devil is a counterfeit. But God gave us his rules. And his rules are, I don't even have a Bible now to show you. It's in your cell phone. No, really. You will go to Instagram. It's in your U version, your e-Bible. God's words is there for you. You say, I do not know what God is speaking to me. I have to go to this preacher. I have to go to this bishop. I have to go to this, you know, uh, this uh, witch doctor. <laughs> I hope we don't do that. We were planting church in Siki Hall. That was very challenging. And many of them will say, that, oh, we are Christian. We are the only Christian nation. But on the side, they are having all kinds of, you know, practices. One thing to hear. You don't have to search anywhere. The Biblia is Gino O's word for you. Pulong sa Gino O, right? Now I think the word's beginning to come back. <laughs> Two and a half years. It's been a long while. An athlete demonstrates discipline. He obeys rules in both training and contest. Last year, we celebrated. Philippines have our first gold Olympian. What's her name? Okay, I can't quite pronounce correctly. Hindalian, right? Okay. <laughs> Francisco Diaz from Zamboanga. How come all the good athletes are from Mindanao? Huh? Now, if you read her story, it's amazing. You know that she was stranded. We arrived in Singapore in January after our trip here. She arrived in February and she ended up in Malaysia and everything was locked down and somebody was kind enough to invite her to a small little place called Malacca and there she trained behind in the garage. She refused to let up. She refused to be put off by circumstances. And I want to say to you disciples, we must be disciplined. We hate that word. But you see, the word discipline is connected to disciple, diva. Right? So we want to be the disciple that Jesus is expecting us to become, to multiply. We must submit ourselves to strict discipline. Familiarize yourself with the rules. As I say, it's in the Biblia. Do you have a time? I know life is busy. Do you set aside a time? To begin with, maybe five minutes. 10 minutes. That was what I did when I was an engineering student. Five minutes just to read the scripture and talk to Gino. Prayer is not mouthing some written 
prayer that some people wrote hundreds of years ago. It is your conversation. Talk to Gino O. Those are the basic rules. How you can strengthen your spiritual life. How your mind can be renewed. We are bombarded by sounds, by sights every day. You look in the television. I stay in a hotel for two nights. I haven't even turned on the television. Because most of the time it's trash. Most news are bad news. Have you ever heard on Channel News Asia? or No, not Channel News Asia. Over here is what? ANC? Or whatever news you have. Have you ever turned on and said, Well, I'm so encouraged today. <laughs> it's depressive, Diva. I never even turned on the television. And what about all the entertainment? Nothing wrong with that. They are called amusement. Amusement, meaning stop thinking. You do that too long, you are no longer a thinking person. <laughs> so familiarize yourself with the requirements of the contest. The two sisters in their teenage years. And the father was not crazy. I have a lot of respect for him. They wanted them to turn pro. They had all the potential. People want to sign them on. The father refused. Said they must grow up like normal kids. With school, going to church. I think that was one of the first few movies that I watched out of Hollywood where they, they pray the name of Jesus Christ. They give thanks and thank God in the name of Jesus Christ. Because in America, sad to say, God is popular but not Jesus Christ. The question to ask in America if you are there is, what God are you talking about? All right? Or which God? But here, the two sisters, they were put through the discipline. So much so, the neighbor thought the father and the parents were torturing. Both parents were very athletic. The mother trained Serena, who actually became, the, they say, the greatest tennis player of all times. Sorry. That is, my time is up. All right. Do we still have time? I know Tinola Manok is waiting for me. <laughs> Blame it on Dr. Ragres. She texted and said that today we are serving Tinola Ma Manok. So I said, I'll cut short my message. <laughs> Just to have Tinola Manok. <laughs> The two sisters in their teenage years and a family, there were five girls. They had a wholesome family life. All right? They watched Cinderella together and other wholesome movies together. But the parents, the father trained him. Keep to the rules. He refused to allow those, you know, uh, sponsor to sign them on. He, he didn't want them to be destroyed. Are you being tempted? Are you being distracted? Life is busy. Your career is important. Family is important. Sports is important. Politics is also important. But your discipline, spend time. I returned to Singapore six years ago. No longer the pastor of a church, no longer the leader of a denomination, serving with OMF. By the way, OMF is not a bookstore. I'm not selling books. All right? It's a missionary organization and literally, uh, truthfully, the bookstore is no connection. It's just the same name. All right? So, what am I? God told me. You're no longer a pastor. You're no longer a denominational leader. You're no longer a missionary. But you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. 
And that's what you and I are. We follow Jesus Christ. Discipline. And the two sisters went through, follows the father's rule. The coaches were there, but the father guarded like an eagle or a mother hen. Finally, price of disciple making. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of crops. A disciple is not only a soldier, not only an athlete, he is a farmer. How many of you have done farming before? Oh, all urban folks. No farmer here? You have never grown a sitau? All right. In Singapore, we are 100% urbanized. But now, our people are going to the rooftop of the apartment to grow gulai. I have a good friend who is growing very nice okra. And he sent me a picture. All right. I was so envious. Beautiful, gorgeous gulai. But you see, a farmer works hard. My wife used to say that a farmer stays up late at night, gets up early. Many of us sleep early, wake up late. <laughs> Do you want to see God's plan fulfilled in your life? Remember we say, well, God has a plan for you? Hello? Are you thinking of Manok right now? God has a beautiful plan for your life, right? But for that plan to materialize, it's going to involve hard work and also work hard. A farmer is hardworking. I grew up in Singapore, as I was telling our sister in the barrio in the 60s. I watched my Lola and others working in the vegetable farm. Hard work. All right. I won't go into the details. I'm not a professional at that. But you know, farmer works very hard. Why do they work hard? So that at the end, they can have a harvest of crop. And what is your harvest of crop? The matured disciples who are multiplying, 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 multiplying until the whole world is filled with the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's our reward. This world is not going to last. If you haven't realized it, up there, the guy with a funny haircut is shooting ballistic missiles like he's playing our firework. Right? The country is in poverty, but he's sending rockets all over the places. All right? Listen to what James wrote. James said, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. A farmer works hard and is patient. You don't plant rise today and next week say, where is my harvest? You don't plant your mango tree or seed and then next month say, where is my Philippine mango? You have to be patient. And you see, that's a problem with many of us. We refuse to wait. But a farmer expects reward. Paul says, he will be the first to receive a share of the crops 
Why was King Richard so hard, seemingly, on the William sister? It seems like he was a crazy man. People were shutting him down, closing him out, saying that this will not work. You are too outrageous. But he kept on believing that the two sisters will be world champions. And they did. The rest is history. You can watch the movie for yourself. All right? So you and I, we have a hope of the harvest. Many years ago, there was a missionary who was forced out of the country after serving for 15 years. In my case, it was 20 over years, just in Cebu alone. All right? I tell you honestly, when I left, I cried all the way home to Singapore. I felt like a failure. I felt like a loss. Why I had to suddenly leave? But this missionary who served for 15 years left the country very defeated, very, defeated, very dejected. Not because he had to leave the country. But he realized he didn't have any disciples left behind. I am thankful and all glory to God. You know. Today to come back, I'll be preaching in the other church, Pastor Ricardo and Pastor Sharon next week. These were all young people, including you know, Mahalika. These were all young people. They were in university or just starting young professional. And today to see them pastoring, training the others. I'll be going to Bogo, where a young man are recruited back in Bukitnun, who is today, when there, he's now 50 years old. I knew him when he was in his early 20s. But today, he's planting churches, training disciples. And the disciples themselves are planting churches and training disciples. Billy Graham, who died close, at the age of close to 100, once made a very powerful statement. He says the Church of Jesus Christ is only one generation from extinction. You know what he's saying? He said if you and I, as disciples of Jesus Christ, all right, or this morning, you can become one, not just a religious person, not just a churchgoer, but a true disciple of Jesus Christ. If you and I fail to disciple someone else, you don't have to be a preacher like Pastor Lloyd or a missionary. You just have to be a disciple who disciples someone else, who in turn will disciple someone else, who in turn will disciple someone else. Some of you engineers, you can reach engineers that your pastor can never reach. Doctors, you can reach the medical professionals that we missionaries can never reach. I have mi missionary friends who are doctors and they are there as medical professionals but at the same time they go out to reach out to people that come from Bangladeshi, Bang Bangladesh, Muslim. We cannot be reach them but they are here in Singapore. Our doctor colleague, they went out there. Not only treat them medically but minister to their soul and their spirit and their mind. You can reach people that the pastors and the missionary can never reach. i leave you with this last verse of scripture that I just read before I came here. And this verse of scripture is very meaningful to me. It says, be, sorry, the next one. It says, since my youth, that's right, since my youth, and that was what I was, 17, 18 years old, 
full of nonsense. Get my hair so long at the end of the hippie movement. Discouraged. Depressed. Because I was a given away child. And I never understood what life was for. Why am I on earth? Where did I come from? Why am I on earth? Where do I go when I leave this life? No answer. I would say that I was even suicidal. I told myself, if my own parents would give me away, who would ever love me? But a classmate of mine brought me to Simbahan. But not just Simbahan. More importantly, brought me to Jesus Christ. I didn't know Jesus up here. I knew him in my cousin, cousin. And this morning, this is what you need. I know you know Jesus up here. But do you know him here? And for the first time at the age of 17, I opened like what our sister taught us. Superman. I opened my cousin, cousin. And he came into my life. That was 1977. You do your math. That was 45 years ago. And Psalmist, since my youth, God, you have taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deed. Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake my God. You can see that I'm graying, right? This is natural coloring. Till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. I'm a senior citizen. And our dear brother here together with me. But this is not the end. Why am I still doing this crazy thing? And I'm paying it out of my retirement funds. People think I'm crazy. After 30 years out of school, why am I back? It's an American-based program that I have to go to LA this November. And that's why I'm here this trip, not only just to meet my friends and disciples, I'm traveling over this one month from Takloban starting this afternoon to Bogo to Iloilo. Because God put in my heart, my job is not yet done. I don't know how long more God will allow me, another five years, another 10 years, another 20 years. Singapore lifespan is supposed to be now 85. So I'm still a young man. If I'm young, you are younger. And you have more potential. I envy you. You have more potential. You have the possibility like no other generations to make an impact. But God spoke to my heart. I'm not going to sit down and rot and die. This is not life. If you are just going to sit here and wait, then why live on? We are here to declare to the generation to come the marvelous powers of God. Amen? Can I ask the worship team to come out and help us? Now, I want you to open your heart this morning. And I recognize that some of you, you may be new to a setup like that. But I was. The first time I came to a simple church, much smaller than this. I didn't understand what was going on. As I said, I was a wild young man. I was empty. I knew about Jesus Christ. I've been to churches, but I was fearful. I didn't know where I come from. I didn't know why I was studying engineering. 
I know that I'll be an engineer, engineer eventually in Singapore context at that time, make good money. But I say, what is it for? Is that all there is to life? And after that, after 60, 70, or 80 years, Patai. And where do I go to? No answer. Ambok. Oh, the day Jesus came into my heart, He changed my life. He gave me meaning, He gave me peace. He told me that even my parents should forsake me. God takes me into his arm. He says that he loves me with an everlasting love. He says that I am his beloved. I am forgiven. I am accepted. I'll be in heaven with him one day. But meanwhile, I have a mission. So do you. You are not here by chance. You have a mission. But this morning, First and foremost, you have to align your heart with God. You have to bring your life into relationship with Him. Our worship team is going to help us to go to God in a song of praise. But before we do that, can I invite everyone to close our eyes and bow our heads for a time of privacy? And this is a precious time. It's between you and Ginoo. I can't make this decision for you. The one beside you cannot do it for you. The friend who invited you to come today on many Sundays now cannot do it for you. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, the door of your cousin, cousin. If anyone hears my voice, open the door. Remember, you open. He cannot force you to do it. He will not break down your door to come in. If any man hears my voice, open the door. I will come in and have fellowship with him. And this morning, you are not here by chance. A friend, a neighbor, colleague may have invited you, but you are here by God's divine appointment. Just like my classmate who invited me, I was there and I gave my life to Jesus 45 years ago. He changed my life completely. Jesus wants to do the same for you this morning. Then I'm just going to give you the opportunity. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a personal relationship. Will you open your cousin, cousin and say, Lord, from this day on, you are my best friend. You are my Lord and my God. And I'm going to have this journey through life with you. And this morning, Jesus has done everything for you to enjoy God's plan. What keeps us from God's plan is our sins. We are all sinners. Every one of us. Because the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus paid the price that no one could pay for you or no one could pay for himself so that your sins can be forgiven and you are, can be welcome home to God. So this morning, if you are here, and he said, pray for me. I want to open my cousin, cousin to God. It's a personal decision. No one looking around. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Would you raise up your hand? and say, I want Jesus to be my personal Lord and Savior. God bless you. Anyone else? Be bold. Raise your hand. 
God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. You want Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior. There's no time to wait. There's no time to waste. Today is the day of salvation. You see, from this day on, Jesus, you take the driver's seat. You be in charge. You be in control. Time is running out. I don't want to waste time. If you want to make this decision, would you like to lift up your hand so that we can pray for you together? Be courageous. Some of you, your heart is beating fast right now. You say that this is the decision I need to make. Don't hold back. God is waiting for you to return to Him. I'm not asking you to change religion. I'm asking you to receive God's love and purpose into your life. Quickly, anyone else? God bless you. We can, we're going to pray this together. The whole church is going to pray. Prayer is talking to God. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that he, God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So we are all going to say this together, but you're going to mean it from your heart. Even if you struggle to raise your hand, but this morning you believe in your heart, God hears you. Let us say this prayer together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, let's say it together out loud, everyone. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for my sins. I thank you that you love me and that you have a plan for me. A beautiful plan to bless me and to use me to be a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. I confess you as my Lord as my Savior. Thank you for dying for all my sins. I surrender my heart to you now. I receive your salvation. And I thank you. You will never leave me nor forsake me. And I want to live this life for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Give God a praise. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a praise. Amen. Let's stand up together, everyone. Let this be our prayer.
said none with the 12 disciples less one the church went out to change the world and you are here this morning whether you've been in this Timbahan for a while or the first time you are here as a candidate to participate in God's plan so I want you to lift up your hands wherever you are now I'm going to pray for all of us before I turn over to Pastor Lloyd and you're going to say to God, I'm going to be part of the process of disciple making. I will endure hardship like a soldier. I will exercise discipline as a good athlete. And I will work hard like a farmer. Because I have a harvest waiting for me. Father, I thank you for all the hands that are raised in this room. That's right, if you can. And if you like to, raise your hands towards God. And say, Lord, I'm here. I'm willing to participate in your disciple-making plan. Lord, I'm willing to go out to make disciples of others for you. Begin that work with me. Do the change in my life. Use me and bless me so that I can bless my world for Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you fill each and every one with the power of the Holy Spirit. Use them, O oh God, wherever they are located, in their life, in their profession, in their families. Lord, you have a circle of friends and families that you can use every one of us to influence for Jesus. I commit all of this into your keeping hand. Thank you for the grace. Thank you for the strength that comes from you. 
because we cannot do it on our own but through your grace your enablement we can do all things we give you all the praise and all the glory in jesus mighty name and god's people say god's people say amen amen amen, amen.